0: Hi and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. I'm Leandra Haupt, I'm your host and today I have an interview episode for you with amazing Patria Lego Fields. She is in Australia and the founder of Coco Rose Eco, um, a platform that helps sustainable brands from women reach their business goals and be successful. She herself is mother of four kids and meanwhile does her business, Um, so she is pretty busy and therefore I'm even more blessed to get this time with her to chat about so many different things, all about... Um, environment, sustainability, but also the mindset of becoming successful in business and what we can do to make this world a better place. So stay tuned and stay excited for this beautiful conversation, which you're gonna hear now. Yeah, so today I have an amazing interview guest here with me, um, live from Australia. (laughs) Her name is Petria. And um, she's focused on sustainability, where we will dive a bit deeper in and, um, yeah, everything about eco-friendly brands. So hi and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy.
1: Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm great. I hope you're also doing well. Before we get started with the question, I always have a little starter question. So what did you have for breakfast this morning?
1: What did I have? I had avocado on toast this morning.
0: <laughs> You're so Australian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, guess I was about to say that I'm like I know this, is, this sounds like a very Australian meal, but yes, I had my avocado and toast and a nice cup of coffee.
0: That's even more Australian. <laughs> <laughs> So if you um, avocado and toast sounds super healthy and delicious and good coffee obviously as well, do you also, when you make your food, look that things are sustainable?
1: I'm definitely looking into it more. So I am gluten-free and I have been Mm gluten-free for about maybe about 12 years. So the food that I'm eating is definitely more along the health-conscious food. As for if I buy my whole family organic food, not just yet, not just yet, but we do like to shop at the, now I'm going to lose the name of it, where you can go and refill your own bags. So I've got all the Mm. reusable bags and you can fill your own rice and fill your own pasta. Um, We do those types of things, but I wouldn't say that we would be classified as 100% ethical, but I find it really, um, I don't know if there is a really 100% sustainable whether it be personal or be business but I find it's the journey that you take and as long as everyone's really trying to be conscious of what steps they are taking whether it be in your food or in clothing whatever you do that it's really it's really important to just be conscious and make those steps and the right changes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I love that there are these shops now where you don't need packaging actually and we are also going back more and more to doing things ourselves at um in certain aspects of our of our lives or even start growing our own foods again. Um but yeah, as you said it's really um difficult to be a uh, 100% maybe plastic free or something. There is really good attempts which haven't been there i think only 10 years ago so i think that's really fast moving forward branch but really going there a hundred percent is hopefully gonna happen in the soon future i think um so yeah would you like to tell me a little bit more about your person Um, who is patria
1: yeah of course so uh, so, my name is Patria. I am an entrepreneur in Australia. I have been in the small business world for about three and a half years now. And previously to that, I was a florist for about 14 years. It's, I just find that after working in that profession, I just felt there was something more. And I know if there's anyone out there who's ever started their own business, it feels like a big jump I when you go to make that jump into the small business world but now three and a half years in I'm onto my second business and I would never go back I don't think I could ever imagine myself and I know you're a freelancer as well I think it's something about you have that flexibility and and you have the freedom Uh, I'm assuming you're quite similar as well you have a phone and a laptop and you can work from wherever you want to work to that day and yeah I just love it and so I have a business called Kokoro's Rose Eco, and I help female entrepreneurs of eco brands become more visible and make a bigger impact on this environment. I myself am so passionate about making an impact. And as I said, I don't think anyone can ever be 100% sustainable, but I think we can be very, very sure to be on the steps to make that nice impact. A little bit about me. I have four children, so life is a little bit busy sometimes. And my husband is a fly-in, fly-out worker. So I'm not sure if you understand what that means, but my husband works in a mine and he comes back every couple of weeks and comes back home. Mm. And that's me. (laughs)
0: Wow. Yeah. So sounds very busy, your life. Um, where did that passion for, for sustainability start for you? Was there any specific point in your life where you realized, wow, that's what I want to do or that's where we need a change or did it come more fluidly?
1: Yeah, definitely. It was really when I had my first daughter. So they say that pe- people or women's brains change once they have children and it really is true. It's these crazy, I don't know whether it's the female hormones or everything that's going on, but I was only 22 when I had my first daughter and I chose to use cloth nappies. I knew that it would people would say it's a lot of work and at that time it was quite a big investment, especially being quite young. But using cloth nappies is not hard. I've used cloth nappies for four children and, yes, it's a couple of extra loads of washing, but there's not a big difference in my life. And I can clearly now look back and realize that that was where it started because once um, it's even been proven by scientists that once you make that first step to being more sustainable, it's actually really easy to keep making more and more steps. So along the way, I have basically started to eliminate as much plastic as I can all my children's toys. Anything that I'm buying now is more sustainable or wooden or ethically made or hand produced. Um, but no, I'm not. I don't want people to feel like that they're not doing the right. Because yes, my house still has plastic in. This again, we can't avoid it. But I am definitely making more steps to be more eco-conscious. But mm. yes, that was my first step was the cloth nappies.
0: Mm. Um, uh, you just said um, something really important that. Um, some people think or you thought maybe it's it's hard to do that change and it, it's so complicated or it's difficult. And before we started that podcast, we were also chatting a little bit about sometimes we just tell ourselves that thir- certain things are hard to achieve or certain goals are hard to go for. But actually, once you're there, you realize that it's really easy and you have to just take that first step Um So I know it from people in my environment and also from myself that I sometimes tell myself, oh, living super sustainable is difficult and it's so expensive and it's hard to find these things. But in your experience, what are some steps that everyone can do basically right now, which is not as hard as people tell themselves in order to make this world a bit more sustainable?
1: Yeah, of course. I would probably recommend to start with your kitchen because we're in there quite a lot of times. And I've got to say, it's probably sound a bit of Australian thing, but the third drawer that of under the kitchen bench is generally where every single Australian puts their cling wrap, our foil and your baking paper. So any of those things that cover food, they are really easy to not have. I, didn't realize this is a crazy thing as well so I didn't realize that cling wrap was plastic till only about three years ago and it was this weird thing when I suddenly looked around my kitchen I was like why why do I even have it's um cling film do you call it cling film or cling Yeah, the same, same word is it I'm not sure
0: it's in German it's frischhaltefolie <laughs> okay, well, <laughs>
1: yeah I was not going to say that yeah. word. <laughs> um yeah. So that was my first thing. And to be honest, I struggled the first six months. I, yeah, I found it really hard because I was so used to this habit. Like my mum has used these products. My grandparents have used these product. And after that six months, it's fine. Like there are so many replacements. So if anyone's wanting to replace any of those items, you can use your silicon baking trays. You can use silicon covers, beeswax wraps. There are so many alternatives now. I do know that a lot of people get scared of the price, which I find a bit funny because the investment that you make when you're buying one of these reusable silicon trays, these trays are going to last five, ten years easy, if not longer, let alone buying, um, I don't know, can clean wrap or alfoil for $5 a packet. So the the price is something that I think it just needs a little bit more education around. So whether that's our government or the companies that are doing not quite enough to really convince the consumer that it's actually really easy to make that swap. Um, That's another thing. And your bin liners. So you can get compostable bin liners now. So I'd say mostly around everywhere now in the world that we don't have the single-use plastic bags anymore, which is amazing. But for some reason, they feel okay for it to still sell the bin liners Mm. I'm not sure. It's a bit confusing as to why they do that. So, yeah, I'd start with looking at your clean wrap. I would change to a compostable bin liner. And then depending if you live in, in an apartment or you have access to a garden, a compost. It's honestly amazing. And talking about growing things. So I've been able to grow pumpkins and rock melon and spring onions. All surprisingly, I didn't realize I was going to be growing these out of my compost. But just by doing those three things, my um, my bin that goes out for the collection each week wouldn't even be a quarter full.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think um, also really important to add is um, that you separate the, the trash. I think a lot of people, especially here in Berlin, think that it's not really necessary because it doesn't really matter, it goes all in the same bin, but I started, um, also doing composting here which I haven't done before I'm, I'm guilty um, because I thought oh that's so complicated but actually it's not you buy a bin and then you just put the compost in there and you can grow new um, make new earth out of mud out of this and that's just amazing or I started using my um, coffee left um, the coffee grind and uh, put it in my plants because it's or use it as a um, as a shower gel, basically like a shower rub. Um, so there's like very simple things how we can eliminate our trash or even separating the trash is so useful, I think. And something that I decided in my life as well is that I don't wanna buy any plastic um, kitchen um, utensils anymore. So if I buy Tupperware, I buy only with glass and mm-hmm. I find it first of all, so much more tasty and so much more fulfilling to eat and store things in glass than in plastic. And obviously they're going to last so much longer and it's better for your health and it's something that is maybe a price difference from one euro or two dollars or something like this. So I guess that's something easy we can all integrate in our lives as well. if we look at materials i'm sometimes a bit confused um let's say using wood um in the kitchen for example as like um kitchen um what's it called the thing that you use for the frying pan um i don't know the english word for it like
1: the the wooden wooden spoon or a spatula yeah,
0: exactly if would you think that buying such things in wood is actually or like cutting boards is better because we are actually killing trees for that or what's the situation here with the different materials
1: um i don't know what everyone else is doing i personally still use a wooden cutting board Mm -hmm. but the wood that this tree it's an antibacterial wood Mm. so it's creating its own own antibody so it means that it's quite a clean cutting board but I suppose you could use glass. I can't say Mm -hmm. I've ever used glass cutting boards myself. I, I don't know whether this is an old wives' tale, but I thought that they made the knives blunt. I think that's probably why I've always chosen a wooden one. But I don't have any plastic cutting boards. I definitely don't have that. The thing why I like with my wooden one is that I can actually sand it. Every six months or so, I give it a little fine sand, and then I can put some grape seed oil over the wood, and it soaks it back up, and it's like a brand-new cutting board. So the cutting boards, I've got two, and I've had them for about eight years.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's quite long for a cutting board, but because you can keep re-sanding it and um, re-putting the oil on it, it's like a brand-new cutting board.
0: Mm. So, as it sounds, you rather buy less things of really good quality to maybe a higher price and instead of using a lot of things, is that your approach to most of the things? Also, let's say clothing or shoes or um, furniture, etc. Is that something that you have in all aspects of your life?
1: it's a work in progress definitely I so the last two years any of the clothing that I have bought just for myself have been all ethical sustainable um used soy based inks or all sorts of things like you just said there's definitely a price investment and being a family of four this is that's there they're a luxury item for me at the moment but I feel better doing that, and then any events that I've ever had to go to, I can rent the dresses or I can borrow the dresses from friends or family, and they're like they're new dresses. These dresses that people don't um, they don't wear all the time, so it's something that I don't think as many people are actually doing. And the other thing that I like to do is we to go to thrift shops or op shops, I'm not sure, like a secondhand store for clothing. And, oh, my goodness, some of the clothes and some of the brands that I've got from there, not just for myself for my children as well, are amazing. Yes, it's very time-consuming if you have to go there sometimes, and you have to go there quite regularly because you never know what is actually going to be there. But, yeah, I've definitely got some really beautiful pieces from there in the last couple of years as well.
0: Yeah, I can just relate, especially in Australia, I think the op shops are amazing and I found few of my favorite pieces there. So I think we can really also add that on the list instead of buying everything new. It's sometimes even more fulfilling to find a single very special piece in an op shop that has really good quality for a really low price. Um, yep. So, what are the, most of the design um, brands and entrepreneurs you work with? What kind of products do they have?
1: Yeah, so the members are over a wide variety of people. So. With part of the membership it's not necessarily what products you sell it's that your business has got the really right values and they're going to be making a difference in the world. so um, I've got ladies who are selling more uh, selling and creating actually because they created them the or um, ethical and handmade cleaning products. So, they're all natural. Everything's done with all essential oils. I've got some beautiful ladies doing natural skincare, which again is so important. If what we're eating, we've got to be conscious of that and what we're putting on ourselves as well. I have ladies who are doing water saving products. I've got a slow fashion label for children, all um, just over such a variety of industries. And it's really, it really lights me up. It's one of those things that I, when you start a business, you don't realize how many things can change and rewind a few years ago when I was doing a slightly different business. This has just been the transition into seeing these ladies and they're growing and they're blossoming and they're learning. And the thing with small business is that I don't think you ever know everything. You're always learning and that's the best thing. But what lights me up most is the businesses that are eco and they're learning how to um, get their products out there. This is creating a ripple effect. Like it's, it's our children that are going to be seeing the effects of this. We're not going to see the effects of what's happening in our earth. It's going to be our children and their generation. So if we can all make that change now or make one change even, this is going to create a huge ripple, definitely.
0: Mm. Yeah, so you help especially women to grow their businesses and start a business about eco-friendly products. Um, so what's... Um, the basics, you would say, for women who want to start their business. What do you need to consider? What advice would you like to give someone who wants to start their business?
1: I definitely think to start at the foundations. I So many entrepreneurs that I've met over my time, if you ask, do you have a business plan or who you're, who is your customer? Like Who are you actually trying to talk to? Because what happens is lots of businesses start a social media account and they have a beautiful website, and they've got all these things that are the, the starting point of a business. But when they're posting on social media or the copy on their website, they're trying to talk to everyone. So when you talk, try to talk to everyone, you'd be so broad, and your message is really washed down. And then in turn, no one's listening. So it's kind of like having a billboard in the middle of the desert. So you've got this beautiful website and you've got all these amazing products, but if you've got nothing else that's leading there and you've got not talking to your dream customer, no one's going to go there. So I, the first start of coming into the membership, that's that the part that I just described. It's more so the second part, but I really believe that the single most important aspect is your mindset. Honestly, working on your mindset Whether you be um, in a small business or working from a nine to five, you've really got to um, understand how important having the really nice mindset is. And I can honestly say, so when I first launched my first business a few years ago, I was working with a beautiful business coach and we set my price of my revenue for that year to be a hundred thousand dollars. Now, I look back now and I can clearly understand there was no way I was going to make that amount because I did not believe it. Mm. There was every part of me that Mm. I thought of, I'd just come from a florist job and florists don't um, have a very high wage in Australia. I love my job, but I didn't have a high wage. And yeah, it's amazing. So fast forward a few more years and I have been working, doing lots of personal self-development. I've been working with different coaches. Again, podcasts are amazing. Books are amazing. There are It's even just social media. There are some really amazing social media accounts that you can follow and you just need, again, it's like just take that first step and it does sound like a little bit woo-woo when you're starting to explore all different sides of um that type of learning, but it's hand on heart, one of the most important things.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think really it's so important to set the goals and to be so clear about it. And then also what you said, believing in it, because if you don't yourself believe in it, there is no way of being there, but you have to actually already, already feel it, um, that this is happening to you. So that's yeah. also something I'm constantly working with um, to manifest my goals and manifest my future. So I 100% agree that that's the basic. And I think in writing a business plan and um, starting your business, be so clear where, where do you want to be in maybe 10 years, but then where do you want to be in one year maybe as well? And where do you want to be in the next month to have these goals and then really work towards them yeah
1: um yeah it's it's funny that you you say the 10 years because when i've worked with the members and this was only not that long ago it was a 10-year goal three-year goal and a one-year goal mm -hmm. because you've got to have your 10 you've got to have that stretch goal because otherwise what are you what are you working for yeah do you want to stay earning um it's kind of like the you feel like you're hitting a ceiling so every time like do you really want to keep hitting that ceiling every time you've set that income goal and At the end of the day, being an eco-business, I find that there's three P's that they um, is very conscious of and I'm really aware and I really love sharing this because when you're an eco-entrepreneur, it goes people first, then planet, and then profit. Mm. So you can do all three and each eco-business needs to do all three, but I find that the profit isn't necessarily the first and foremost important. It's helping the people, helping the planet and then profit because every business needs to make a profit. Otherwise, we're a charity. That's not what eco-entrepreneurs are doing. But um, yeah, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, I think you really notice a difference when someone is doing it out of a passion instead of someone wanting to make the profit. And I think you can sense it and everyone can sense it. And on the long run, I think people who just want to make money, maybe they might be successful for a while. But I think at one point you might crash. You see that with maybe also uh, influencers. I don't like that word, but like social media (laughs) stars, let's call them. Um, When they are authentic, then they, they will be very long lasting in that branch, I think. But if you put up a a face or like a mask and sell something else that you actually not stand for, I think you cannot do that over a long period of time. And I think it's the same with a business. If you really love what you do and if you really stand for it and if it's your passion, um, I think the profit will follow and you will just automatically grow because that's a universal that's like a law or something I think yeah, yeah
1: it's a law of attraction that's exactly right exactly so you're putting out what you want to receive so if mm-hmm. you are doing all these amazing things and you have um, like you have a lot of gratitude for your customers and you're literally putting out all these beautiful energy that is going to come back to you but if you go into business feeling we're really worried but really worried all the time and scared and just not sure if you're making the right steps That's what's going to happen. You're basically telling the universe that, yes, I I want to be worried and I want worried customers Mm. to come to me and I – it's it's the law of attraction that's just the basic thing and it's if no one has actually heard of that any of your listeners i really suggest just to do a little um do a little google google can help you with a lot of things Mm. but it's really amazing just to start to understand that but talking about influencers i did see a funny meme on instagram the other day and it's like wouldn't it be great if every influencer spoke about climate change instead of new products I was like, I even reshared that. And I don't very often share it other people's memes. But I was like, that would be amazing. We would actually fix a few problems rather than they um, get this new product or this new product or this new face cream. I think um, it doesn't sit very well with my values, but that's just my personal opinion.
0: Yeah, or maybe pr- um, promote the very uh, eco-friendly or sustainable labels or um, yeah, just not just any product but products that are actually helpful for the planet and and useful so yes. with that we, we could also make a change um, but you were saying the second step of um, building up a business is really niching down your customer base and defining your customers yes. um, How how do we find our ideal customer i believe that often that might be one of the most difficult steps because maybe our offer is quite big and we want to address a lot of different people because we think we have so much to offer how do we actually manage to niche down
1: i think when you start a business you do still have um and idea of the person that you're trying to sell to so say for instance i'll use my previous business because if the e-commerce stores um, lots of people can relate to so i sold bohemian artisan handmade furniture but it was like baby bassinets and rocking horses and um, children's decor so I knew that I wouldn't be targeting dads because I know that the, I think it's something like 80% of women make the purchases in the household. Um, It's a lot of research, honestly, to do a lot of research. I think you've got to have a really rough guide first. So say you might have um, females, maybe from a really broad range, 18 to 30. Now I'd probably suggest you to start going into Facebook groups where you think they would be hanging out. So say for me, it's in ethical and in, sustainable Facebook groups and there's a million Facebook groups. There's literally a Facebook group for everything and a really handy tool, which lots of people don't realize, but in each Facebook group you can search. So you can search some things to see if people are asking these questions and then you can actually read people's real problems and questions that they're actually asking, like say for instance, eco. So there's someone's like, um, uh, can anyone recommend any female sanitary products? And then everyone puts into their their two cents. It's like, I've had a problem with this female product. Can anyone help me? And so everyone can help. So Facebook groups is, honestly, there's so much value in there. The other thing you can do is jump into, again, Google and search your problem. So say if you're um, selling a water-saving product and it's like, um, is there any water-saving products or water-saving tips or water-saving forums? So the forum is where people are, where, again, asking questions and there are some really good ways because when you're defining your customer, you need to know everything, their values, their beliefs, their fears, their challenges. Um, they've also got internal problems and external problems. So say for instance, for a female entrepreneur starting a business. Maybe she's thinking externally, she might be really um, scared to make the jump and put her face publicly. But internally, she might be thinking, um, I'm worried about spending my family's money. But she might not verbalise it. So really understanding their values and beliefs. And again, if someone doesn't know too much about values or beliefs, we get all our values and beliefs from zero to seven years old. So everything that we think, we, how we behave, how we act, why we believe things has literally happened when we were a child where a someone who was of an authority has either mentioned it quite firmly or could be even off the cusp and we've just taken it as truth. So you need to know these things about your ideal customer and once you start to do that, you can get a really clear picture and you can even it's honestly you can write your copy directly to that person so for me i talk to mums it's like oh have like oh did you get sleep last night or it's the juggle of the children and your business and doing all these things because i know what it's like anyone who's um started a small business will probably find that your values and beliefs are really closely aligned with either your ideal customer because you've created a product to solve a problem that that's why you've created that business um, probably went a bit off topic, but yeah, that, that's my biggest thing is just to do a lot of research or even do, um, do a little survey. Like if you jump on a Google form or in monkey, what was it called? Monkey survey, I think. And you can do a little 10 question survey and ask people don't mind answering
0: mm yeah such good advice and um, how do we go from there once we got our perfect client a uh, customer what's what are the next steps to start a successful business?
1: Yeah, so this is assuming that they've already got their website and you've got all your social media obviously they're all they're all the, just the normal steps I'd say you need for if you're wanting to do more of an ethical go down that line. I definitely think you've got to be really aligned with the United Nations Um, sustainable development goals have you heard of those uh
0: yeah but i don't know each of them but i've heard of the general (laughs) term yeah
1: there's 17 of them and i'm not even going to try to remember them because i always forget a few so if any of your listeners want to hear Um, Basically, the United Nations created 17 goals and basically, I think it's by 2030, they would like to have all businesses or government organizations, um, basically everyone working towards these goals. So, I'm really encouraging that my members to really choose these goals now, just choose two or three to really start working towards because... This is what's going to attract your, your ideal customer because you're becoming, you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of all the mainstream stores that are starting to do this. Um, I also believe that it's really important to give back. I think it's important to give back to a charity or cause that you are really aligned with and you really support because at the end of the day, all these little things that you can do can really attract your customer. So there's been so many studies done recently. And if you are a millennial, I don't even know what the actual age range of millennials are i am not a millennial but they are i think it's 83 percent more likely to buy a sustainable product even if it's more expensive so this is why it comes down to understanding who your target customer is mm-hmm. because once you've got all these beautiful um, ethical foundations in there you are going to attract customers by by showcasing this and and even when you're doing a course or a charity, you can donate some of your profits. You might actually go and do a hands-on um, charity if you're working in like a soup kitchen or something, or you can even have the option for your consumers to donate an extra dollar at the end of the checkout. I'm sure you've probably seen that, like yeah. so many businesses do it now, which is amazing.
0: Hmm. So basically just to put it together, take the action that it needs in order to get out there, show yourself, but also get involved already in the businesses because I guess it's also a lot about building the connection with uh, like-minded people and building that whole community around you. And um, yeah, um, it's it's funny. I saw that your children are um, called uh, Coco and Rose, right? So... um. I think the name probably is also important, and the whole logo and the design work around all of this. What what was for you? What was it first that you got the kids with the names, or first the brand?
1: <laughs> no, so yeah, Coco Rose is my third daughter, so that's her first yeah. and second name. We I conceived her when we lived in Bali, and I drank a lot of coconuts. And then I was like, okay, Coco, this is it. It just seems really well, and. Yeah, so we come back to Australia and that's where I gave birth to her. But it's quite funny because her nickname is Coconut or or Nut is what we call her. I, Yeah, I think having the name of your business is really important. And I really think having branding is really beautiful. But I think we can get caught up sometimes on that. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like if you really have the right foundation, so doing all your right planning, knowing your customer, I think if you didn't have the right logo, you could still sell products Mm -hmm. and I find a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes think and I was guilty of this when I had my first business is I had my logo and I had my website and I was like okay I'm branded I'm I'm done but branding is so much more like it's the how your tone of voice when you're talking in your emails it's in your copy on your social media even when you are showing up on social media so I love using Instagram Instagram is where um I just like it so much more and in my stories, I saw I'm a very natural eco colour. Even today, I've got like a cream jumper on. And there was one day a few years ago where I wore a red dress and I felt off brand. That's how much it's kind of ingrained into me now. But I'm putting out my personal branding. There's a, a really amazing Australian SEO, so she, a lady, she does search engine optimization. And her name is Kate Toon. And she gave some, can't quite remember the, the fact, but personal branding. And personal, um, your name is going to be so much more important in your business than your business name. Mm-hmm. So having like Patria Logo Field, having that everywhere on your website, having it in, on your socials of who you are because there's so many entrepreneurs out there now, which is amazing. Like I think that's such an amazing thing. But there's lots of businesses also selling the same products. So the only thing that makes your business stand out is you. You're the unique thing, so people are coming to buy your products because of you. It's not because you've got this beautiful website. It's not because you've got this beautiful logo. It's you. It's you. It's who you are. So that's why having yourself being um, having yourself on social media and on your website and doing podcast interviews and doing these things that's building up your personal profile is honestly that's one of the parts in the in my membership as well is to help people to win awards I think it's really important to start to get yourself out there and to show up jump on your socials and talk to your tribe like they want to get to know you
0: Mm, yeah definitely and then be yourself again that's that's the point, yeah, um you said that you the name just basically came to you because you like coconuts, um yeah. so for me, I work a lot with intuition when I um have decisions or also about my name my name, podcast name, and my brand name, pure happy, healthy. they just came to me in like a in like a one second click, and the best ideas, my best business ideas, I always get just like just like this in a very relaxed normal moment or yeah and then i just trust my intuition to go there and yeah. just use that name or go with that idea etc um and i feel like this is a very not only for for women but like a f- a very female um, aspect which obviously also men can have and use um to really trust our intuition more um and i really hope and i can see that we are kind of having a change now that we, the businesses are going a bit away from the masculine aspect of pushiness and a bit more into the trusting, um, yeah, also maybe more taking and reactive and intuitive part. Would you agree with that? Is that also an observation that you have made?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's um, it's a divine download. Is another word for that. Is mm-hmm. when you literally just, oh, all of a sudden you've got the perfect name for this, yeah. or the perfect, uh, yeah, perfect social media caption or whatever it is. It literally has a name. I was, oh, I was only found this out a couple of weeks ago. I was like, wow, that's what it's actually called. <laughs> um, yeah, a hundred percent. I I don't know whether it's because I'm more um, I'm on this personal personal journey of self discovery now, but yeah, leaning into your intuition and really trusting your gut instinct. If you're getting goosebumps, I'm getting goosebumps now as I'm talking about this, but you get those feelings for a reason. You have to learn to start to tune into them because these aren't just um, random things that are happening. These are actually your body and your higher self really trying to help you out here. I think it's very easy to not be tuned into it. And I am, again, I'm on this self, um, journey at the moment, but the more I lean into it and understand it, it is amazing. It is like this veil has come off and it's a huge part of business. It's a huge part of yourself to be really aware of these things. And I think that we need to do more of it. I really think um, it's not done as enough or it's not mainstream yet. Like anyone who does yoga any of the chanting in your arms or any of the the sounds that they use, any yogis know this, this is, you're connecting, you're in, um, uh, yeah, you're, you're connecting something different when you're doing yoga, but I really believe that it needs to come, it is coming into business, but I think it become, needs to become more, 100%, it's so important.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I see a bright future there actually, I see the trend coming more and more and that part of business also, yeah, growing in importance. Um, I would like to switch over to a quick uh, fire round question. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, Go ahead.
0: uh, What can we do today for a better health? Meditate. Mm. Okay. Is that part of your routine?
1: Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. So I, two, no, probably about three years ago. So I was, I had three young children, I was still breastfeeding, I, my husband works away, I was starting a business, I was not doing yoga, I was not meditating, I didn't do anything basically and I had a miscarriage and I saw a naturopath, a psychologist and my doctor and they all said it's stress. I said, if you can't manage your stress, you'll never conceive again. Your Mm -hmm. business isn't going to be growing as a business because you can't even look after yourself. So from then, I started to meditate regularly. So it doesn't have to be, Sitting on a cushion and um, fingers together. You don't. You do what meditate suits you. I personally, I listen to different meditations or hypnosis or chanting, all different things at night when I go to sleep because I really believe that subconscious it's ninety five percent in there, and we need to really tap into our subconscious more. Or even if people don't do meditate, and even if they did ten minutes in the morning, so instead of rolling over and checking your phone or checking socials. Just do 10 minutes meditation and you can even just use YouTube if you don't have any other apps. There's all sorts of things you can use. But honestly, it will start your day off in a different foot. I also journal as well. That Again, so this has only been maybe about a year now I've been journaling and I kind of feel still sometimes that I'm writing in a diary as I was a 10-year-old girl, but it's amazing. Honestly, I hand on my heart, it's such a beautiful Thing to do. And you really do feel like you start the day on the right foot. And my children now do it. So whether they are laying in bed with me listening to the meditation, or uh, they sometimes they draw pictures, or they, whatever they're doing, they know that this is just some nice quiet time, listen to some chanting music. And it's just amazing. It's such a powerful tool. And I just, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see if people can just even set aside 10 minutes a day. I think that would really help.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, it also completely changes my day to meditate in the morning. I completely agree. <laughs> what can we do today for more self-love?
1: Um I would probably have to say along the lines of to meditate, to really um to really just take the time to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um Again, if meditating seems a bit too out of your step at the moment because it just takes baby steps, even just having a bath or taking the time to call a girlfriend that you haven't spoken to for quite a while, these simple things can really raise your vibrations. And what happens is we get stuck in our it's quite low vibration where we're just kind of doing the mundane thing and there's no joy. It's no happiness. We're just kind of working nine to five, come home, cook dinner, go to bed. But I find just if you can do those couple of different things or even read a book, something that is just for you,
0: it's Mm. just for you.
1: It could be 10 minutes, could be an hour, whatever you can feel, but it's important. It's really important to look after yourself.
0: Mm, Nice. Yeah. Was there any movie or any book that was a bit of a life changer
1: for you? Probably more so books. I love reading, but with four children, I always used it as an excuse that I was too busy to read, except for this year. So my one of my personal goals this year was to read a book a month. So it is now July. We're recording this. And I've read over 20 books. Wow. So it's amazing. Again, you've just got to make that time for yourself mm. to do it. I would say, though, two of my favorite ones, I'm not sure if you've heard of Denise Duffield Thomas. So she's an Australian entrepreneur. She helps women with their money mindset. Mm -hmm. She's one of my favorites. I've read all her books. And Gabrielle um, Bernstein, Bernstein? Mm -hmm. I don't don't know if I ever say her name right. She's an American lady. So Mm -hmm. she's, again, she's another, um, like, super attractor, manifestor type person. Those two girls i am reading all their books. So if anyone's wanting to get into more connection with their spiritual side or work on their mindset, they would definitely be my go-to mm, at the moment.
0: Nice. Um I haven't personally tried it, but I know people who use Blinkist. Do you know it?
1: No. It's
0: um it's an app where you can read books in short version. So um and <gasps> they put it together kind of like a summary, so you can read books in like a day or something and get the most important I of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I have heard of something similar to that. I've never done it, and yeah, I me like. I, I'm a bit yeah. old school. I like an actual book. Yeah. I, I, my daughter reads on her Kindle all the time, but I like the book. I don't know what it is about it, so yeah. I'm yeah, I'm a bit old school. And when I'm looking up, I'm looking. Up, I've got on my bookshelf all above okay. me, so, so I'm like, nice. which book is the one that I <laughs> like the most? Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there's just so many. We've got so much access. To so much information, but we can put so many blocks up to say, again, like me, I'm too busy to read. It's just because I didn't make it a priority. But if you, once you make it a priority, you can suddenly find an extra 10 minutes or half an hour yeah, in a day to do something.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Um, and what is something we can start right now in this moment today to make the world a little bit more sustainable?
1: I would say what's a how long so I was gonna say all plastic bags. I think plastic bags and straws, obviously everyone I'm hoping everyone is already doing that. But reusable coffee cups. So mm. Australia is such a coffee culture, as we talked about before, but oh my goodness, the fact that so many people don't use coffee cup, reusable coffee cups is astounding. I I just keep them in the glove box of my car or I keep them in my handbag and it's a really really easy thing to carry around. Mm. But yeah, I think if everyone could do buy a reusable coffee cup, the world would be a better place
0: oh definitely i for myself um made my um made a law for myself a rule that i only buy a coffee out when i actually have the time to sit down and drink the coffee with patience even if it's just 5 or 10 minutes in an actual cup there and i don't therefore don't take a a, um, like a paper cup anymore otherwise i don't have the coffee or i wait until i'm home to actually use my own um, coffee and my um, cup so i I've gone away from using, but I mean, if you're working and you want to get it in your lunch break or something, then yeah, the reusable cup is such a good option. Or plan, as we said, it's just a management of time, plan for five minutes. So you actually have the time to sit down there, which is much nicer anyways, than having it while walking or while in the car or something and actually enjoy your coffee, um, like with patience and with time and really tasting the coffee, I think that's, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. It's,
1: it's so true. I I would love to say I could do that, but I know I can't. I know it's not relaxing. Taking my four children to a cafe. <laughs> okay, I na- get that. Max is a thing yeah. that we need. and It's just not quite the same mm. relaxing feel to it. But I have heard of other people doing that, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. And how nice. You can sit and watch the world go for five minutes. Exactly. Like not yeah. be on social media. Just actually sit and yeah. watch. It's really nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of meditating as well. I mean, you can use that for a kind of relaxation state and then the good ideas come in these moments. <laughs> yes.
1: um,
0: is there any last piece of advice that you would like to leave the listeners with today?
1: Yeah, look, I I said it a few times, but I really think by just working on your mindset, working on your mindset, whether it be for personal self-development or for uh, for your business, just jump onto Google, have a little look, have a little read, and just try to understand a little bit more about how important it is. It mm-hmm. will be life-changing for you once you actually start to understand it more. And your life can be amazing. It doesn't have to be hard. We don't have to go to a job that we don't like and we don't have to be struggling for money and we don't have to live somewhere we don't like. Like, like we were talking about before we jumped on, there's a whole world out there. So if you can do whatever you want to do, but it's you've just got to get over your blocks first and then you can do it. Well, the world's your oyster. Mm,
0: yeah, beautiful. I actually have one full podcast which only treats with love, attraction and manifesting. Um, so... To the listeners, if you want to get deeper in that topic, you can also listen to that podcast with Sebastian Sol. um, It was such a pleasure to have this conversation with you. I'm so happy and grateful for your time as an entrepreneur and mom of four. Um, time is so valuable. So thank you for sharing this valuable time with me. And yeah, I'm honored to have you. <laughs>
1: thank you for having me and it's been so nice I hope everyone's got a little bit of information from it
0: oh definitely and yeah maybe we talk again in the future on um, on similar topics <laughs> thank you
1: what? oh my pleasure lovely
0: <laughs> I love this conversation so much I think there's so much value in it which you can integrate already right now in your day in order to have a more sustainable life and in order to help this uh, world to make it a better place and as we can see we can already start with little steps in our daily routines and that already helps so much if everyone participates in it and if you want to get in touch with Patricia, I linked her in the show notes and just write her she will be more than happy to get in touch and obviously also, please leave me um, yeah, a comment on Instagram how you like this episode and with more ideas who you would like to me to speak to or um, what you would like to listen to. And yeah, I would be so happy if you leave me a five-star review here if you listen, listen through Apple. Um, yeah, so I say thank you for listening and see you next time.